Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewers discretion is advised. How you doing? Okay. Welcome back. Good evening. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good evening. How you doing? I'm Chris. And I'm Nina. Good evening, everyone. Yes. Good evening. Welcome to our real estate podcast. This has been a phenomenal week. We've done a lot. What, what did you do this week? Nina? Oh, wow. Okay. And we had some te- technical difficulties, <laughs> but no, we are good. Um, we did a lot. We we had quite a week. Um, yes, it was an office. Summertime. Summer yes. is busy. Ro- Everyone's rooftop all office over the place. meetings and what was that? I missed it. But what what, what was going on? Rooftop, well, it's we go and we don't just work. I mean, we work a lot. We really do. Like some of us who know us well will call us workaholics, uh, but we do what we love. You know, everywhere and. Um, we don't forget to have fun. So we are definitely partying while we're working, not yes. too much. And therefore, whenever we have meetings, we choose to have them in fun places. So, well, yeah. Well, before you get to the fun place, <laughs> what was your week like? So it's busy. Overall, summer um, summertime is a very busy time for realtors overall. Um so a bunch of meetings, but bigger closings um, that we have done recently just kept us busy. Well, um, how many open houses did you have this weekend? Well, Is it 30? just me or everyone the whole, together? The whole office. Okay, so everyone, the whole together, about all, a little less than 30. Um, yeah, a little less than 30 open houses. Uh, it's been very busy nowadays. It's just uh, a period of no holiday. So everyone is back. Those who are waiting and looking for homes are out there searching. So. And houses are flying, like going into contract yeah. really quickly. It's just, it's incredible. It's not not that many um, houses for sale. As soon as they're listed, there just seems to be the right offers being made. So if you're out there and you're thinking of selling, now is the right time. When you say that, Nina? Yeah. So everyone is asking me, I'm sure they ask you too, oh, how's the market now? What is it going to be like now that the um, rates are going up? Nothing is changing as far as those who are in need of moving. So we do know that whenever rates are going down, we could simply refinance and bring them back down. So if you really calculate it and you ask your banker what the difference would be if you were to go for a lower rate or a higher rate, 
then you would realize that that difference is not huge. And then whenever um, we can refinance, not only your rate will go down, but your equity goes up. Yeah. So you pay up over a period of time, but then you have equity on your home. So it's not all about the rates and the closing costs because it does come back to you. Well, my week was great. Um, over the weekend, I went to the Nautical Mile. I love it out there. I was hanging out on the water. It was so beautiful. The music was blasting. Um, there's a couple. I haven't been there. Like a beach party, you said? No, like just this clubs on the, on the water. Um, Nautical Mile over in um, Freeport. Okay. Yeah, was, I'm always looking for, you know, yeah. beach Oh, I gotta, I gotta bring you. Yeah, I gotta bring you out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we love it. Like yeah. Mexico vibe on the yeah, water. Yes, yes, and, yes. We had some you know. tacos. Oh, man, tacos were delicious. Oh, they, they got an ice cream store out there. We had some ice cream. We hung out um, and lounged outside. It was just, it was so beautiful. The weather was perfect. And you're right on the water. Yeah. And they have a couple of spots where they bring the beach to the, you know, some some spots with like a little beach section and you could sit and relax and enjoy your drink. Um, but there's this new spot. I, I don't remember the name, but it's like a big, a big, big building where you could have like private parties. So I was just thinking, you know, like I'll, rooftops. No, not a rooftop, but like, let's say for Christmas or a holiday party or a holiday event on the water. Um, they have a, a, a hall that looks prom. Like I would like to bring you out there, so we can do some things out there. I would love to actually. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's just overall outdoor businesses are. I feel like they're more uh, popular nowadays after COVID. Yeah. Everyone we're staying in, so everyone is looking for places to go, and yeah. a lot. I feel it also by we don't do so many rentals, but when we do and we have commercial rentals, we feel them flying. Yeah. at the door so it's a really big plus um thankfully at least we get you know that upside after covid where outdoor businesses are doing well support small businesses you guys that's yeah. a very important thing um uh but yeah it's overall it's very busy and fun and good for yeah. you for enjoying that um uh, you know, outdoor. I know. I missed the rooftop, but uh yeah, I catch the next one. <laughs> Every Monday, you know, I do have um a list of really nice rooftops where um you know we get we we meet there every monday for our meetings and uh you know and excuse the noise we're having a, a closing downstairs so hopefully guys. yeah business doesn't stop guys it never <laughs> stops so they're negotiating and going through terms and and Things working a deal as we are here talking the second to one you of the day, yes exactly like i said it's I a very busy busy season Yes. Very, very busy. So um, what did you do for fun? That's we. I feel like we I got mean, into work fun. really right I, away. I enjoy it. I really do. I enjoy it. I love being, first off, mm -hmm. I love people. You know, I love together. I yeah. like to do things together. Um, personal, business. I love when people get together, share work, and, you know, help each other. It's always a big plus. I mean, it's not fun to be alone. So yeah. number one, I love people. Um, and then secondly, I like when you get together and you plan an event or gotcha. simply a meeting. That's when you catch up and you mix. I don't say mix business and pleasure. 
I don't 100% disagree with that, but I do believe that there's always a way to have fun. So answering your question, yes, I love it. I so do, do that you, for fun. So do you like a planned event where you're working months in advance, or do you like a spontaneous, do you like being spontaneous more, where you wake up and next, next thing you know, you're in Florida for the night, and you did not plan to go to Florida? Spontaneous is my middle name. Mm. However, not to fly to places necessarily, because... <laughs> Hi, I'm a mother of four. Um, no, 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 no. Don't. Yeah, kids, I can't just pick up and go. No, no, I'm, I'm speaking, let's just say the kids are all adults and you don't have anything to worry oh. about. Oh, it, for in sure. an ideal world yeah. where you can do what you want to do. Not even flying. Huge yacht waiting for me somewhere. And, ah, so yeah, you'd rather be on sure. the water. I am. However, I have to have full reception internet everywhere i go hello we need to follow up no 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 i'm just saying ideally you don't have to work you don't have to and you wake up and do what you want to do okay i see that you're really trying hard fine yeah i'm just saying ideally what i do for fun what i at least used to do for fun not too long ago and it's funny that i am saying this right now because not a lot of people know this about me i actually dance for fun we have Wait, you dance? Broadway Dance Center up you there did? in the city. Um, that I haven't oh, wow. been in a while, but that's really oh. my fun spot. Oh, um, wow. We have to, I have to, um, yes. yeah, you got video? No, and I'm not going to share them. <laughs> and you're not going to find it anywhere either. So, super discreet. Oh, um, yeah, that's in a vault somewhere, because if I find it, it's going to be blasted all over the internet. Yeah, no, 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 no. So no internet for that. We are definitely not sharing that. So that's what I do for fun. But I really mm. do like to work. I really do. You know what I like? I like the accomplishment. Got you. I love the seller or the buyer mm-hmm. who are very, what's the word? Mis, either misguided, unmotivated from just being exhausted of looking for what it is that they want. Yeah. So that feeling of you doing it for them and then it's finally over whether mm. they found their dream place or they finally sold their problematic house. So it's the fact that you've done it for me, that's pleasure. You know, it's not all about the money. It's really about the, the, the experience. It's the, it's the yeah. experience. Yeah, because it's, it's work that they come to you to do. And then if you're the one who they chose to fix their problem and you did it, What's better than that? Not everything is as easy as it sounds. Like I said last no, time, and we were lot. speaking. Yes, it's sometimes a lot of work. it takes you years to work on just this one file, and sometimes, you know, a ten million dollar deal just happens to be so much easier. It really depends on the type of file that you have. So don't judge real estate altogether by. And it's a lot of work because you're dealing with a lot of different people. Yes, you do. And sometimes it may just seem like it's a buyer and it's a seller. Oh, no, it's attorneys, it's title, it's, um, yeah. it could be family. It could be so much more than just the buyer and the seller. Correct. And everyone, we have to pay attention and nurture everyone on the deal because we all come together in like one big pot. Yeah. And then, then, then you got a deal and, and, and then you have a closing. So yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot into real estate. It's not just as simply as like, Oh, you got the buyer or you got, no, it just, you continue to negotiate. You continue continue to go over different situations that arise during the process. Yeah. And help each other. 
Teamwork makes the dream work. And on top of that, sometimes <laughs> people don't necessarily, they're not upfront with you. Yeah. Um, I, I give you this situation. I had, a, so um, I had a mansion, a house um, about 10 years ago. Um, I used to be a personal trainer in the gym and my, the guy, my mentor, he gave me a referral for a friend or a friend of his that mother owned a mansion. So I go on the listing appointment. When I get there, she makes a phone call and calls somebody from North Carolina and told me that if in order for me to get this deal, I had to pay him. And I was like, who are you? I don't know. I don't, I don't well, are. it's true. Like, it's not supposed to be that way. However, people do expect to get something in return whenever they introduce you to something or someone. No, I didn't know. I didn't. The, I, I dealt with her son. I dealt with um, my mentor. And I did not know about this guy. And I still don't know who he was. And ultimately, it was challenging. Because Is he connected to the seller? He's connected to the mother. But the mother and son were not on the same page. And so when I got there, oh. I, I got hit with that. And then she didn't want to sell. She like it's she had it was like a 5,000 square foot home oh, man. and she lived in it alone. And she just did, was not ready to leave. So that's conflict of interest. Sounds like on the side of the son. Right. He didn't uh, disclose this information. He he chopped it up to me like, OK, my mom is ready to go. But yeah. when I got there, she was not ready to go. And it was a beautiful home. They had like a fountain and like you walk in and it's like the, the whole the front is like glass and that's you walk in and it just they had a nice fountain. It was a beautiful home, but it was dated. Someone That's just wrote something. So when you have that issue where the, what is it? Where the two, two people, people don't want to, two people don't want to leave. What do you do? Okay. So if they live together, they both have rights to the home. Yeah. Regardless whether they're on the deed together, on the mortgage together, or, you know, as long. If they are um, partners in the home or roommates, who've been there for a specific amount of time, they both have rights to the house. Yeah. So what do you do? Story well, of our lives, right? Well, in this situation, the mother, it was primary. She's the primary person for the home. Her son was secondary. So yeah, she, still, he has equal rights. She, mm-hmm. Yeah, but if she wasn't cooperative, there was, yeah, there wasn't anything that could have been done and so I kept in touch. She stayed. She's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it just was a situation that he wanted to sell and she didn't. I had similar situation, but then we found out that the son was hoping to get the mom's money after the sale. Mm. I knew that. Okay. I knew yeah. that. But I said, you know what? If she has a good legal team, they're going to ensure that they need her permission. She is 100% fresh. She knows what she's doing. Yes, she's older, but um, I left it up to the legal team that I introduced her to. And of course, he expected, but he could expect all he wants. And whatever happened, happened. It went to her bank account without his instructions. And that was it. Eventually, the, you know, she got the money. Afterwards, what happened, that's between them. But a lot of people have conflict of interest, and that's something that is very, unfortunately, it's, it's out there a lot. 
um, and it's just up to us as realtors to ensure what's what's right and what's wrong. We really have to, you know, put it together. Well, listen, the people in the home, if, mm-hmm. if, if, if your name, if you own a home and you don't live in the home, the people in the home, if they are renters or they don't, they have rights. You can't, in New York, you can't even. You have to evict them. You have to, but they can't sell the home. They can't. It's it's whoever's name is on the deed and on the mortgage. That's mm-hmm. their home. Now, if you have a person that name is on the deed and another person's on the mortgage, at closing they still split. They both they 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 they're equal. Am, am I correct? Yes, they both need to be there. They need to. You have to have the consent of both. So as soon as um, you have the consent of both, they're good. But then. If in addition to them, there are people in the home, um, whether or not, even people who broke into the house and have been there for a specific amount of time, they still have the rights to the property. Yes. You know, even there is a, a squatter right situation. Yes. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Did, did I tell you the Go story? Uh, no. Why yeah. You I was managing properties in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And so what I would do, I would drive by two or three times a day to make sure that these properties, they were all being renovated. Mm-hmm. So none of them had refrigerators, kitchen, water, but they had lights. And one day I'm driving by and a lockbox was broke. I said, whoa, lockbox is broke. Who did that? So I go and I open the door with the keys. I had the keys to the place mm-hmm. and people were living in it with mm-hmm. no, no water, no refrigerator, no stove and told me that uh, a realtor, they signed a lease. <laughs> I said, oh, really? Okay. So I called the cops. Then I called the people I work for. They came with the deed. And because they did not receive any mail, and I caught them as soon as they moved in, That's- they had to leave right away. So they wow. took their blankets you and You and them got lucky. Right. Because you have to get on that right away in New York. Because once they get mail and establish themselves, yeah, yeah, you're in for like a two or three years. They move ride. in with fake mail. They move in with fake mail. I'm not trying to give yeah. anyone any uh, advices, but yeah, squatters, um, uh, professional squatters, unfortunately, know what they're doing. Yep. Um, and they do that. They do that a lot. And do you know what? It's not that I, I'm not going to say I don't blame them, but then. Did you ever visit a, um, a shelter, shelter building? No. It's really so sad. I happen to have seen uh, two shelter homes, shelter buildings, where people go there when they get evicted or where they have nowhere to go. They don't even have sunlight. They have wow. no windows. And, wow. dude, when I tell you people live there with small children, babies, people are giving birth and go right back to shelter. Wow. And... The saddest story I've ever seen. I took up a family that I met about a month ago, um, and I helped them uh, to obtain vouchers. We got them vouchers, Mm. and then they went to look for a place. I don't know what's up with them now, but at least I helped them obtain vouchers. But when I saw these babies in the shelter, I can't even explain to you. That was something that I'll never forget. It's something unfortunate, and I feel like... The city is doing a great job in looking for uh, buildings to uh, form additional shelter homes um, or low-income housing uh, buildings. 
on Atlantic the other day. I saw uh, a low-income housing building that people took even advantage of. Those who win those houses are actually renting it to Airbnb. Wow. All of a sudden, wow. I see, you know, wow. tourists coming out of the building. And I'm like, hi, what type of building is that? And I know what type of building that was. Oh, um, Airbnb. I was just in shock. Like, it's let alone them not being able to find houses. But then when they do, they just make money off of it. I'm all for making money, but there are limits. There are really limits. Those it's who are in need have no sunlight. You know, yeah, so. it's also very challenging because it's very expensive in a city. So it's just it's, it's super challenging seeing both sides. But uh, I'm going to tell you what not to do. I had a house um, in Brooklyn. It was near it was in a commercial area. So I, I had challenges finding tenants. So what I did was I, was like, I found a program where when people get out of prison, um, they needed to rent rooms. And so they paid for the for the rooms for these people to rent. However, after six months, they don't pay for the, they, they, the funding from them stops and the people renting the rooms need to pay and they stop paying. And I was 20 something years old and they stopped paying. And so the money that was yesterday. wasn't, co- <laughs> yeah, I wish, right? <laughs> you did that to me last Touche, touche, touche. So on. they stopped paying. So I changed the locks. Oh, and I didn't give them a key. And next thing you know, I got served some papers and I had to go to court. Oh, man. And I lost in court and I had to give them keys. And that was a rough lesson. You cannot change locks on people and not give them a key. You cannot go into their apartment. You cannot. You just can't do. Once you have a tenant, you have to go through the system. Yes. You can't go around it or you will go to jail. I didn't go to jail, but I wound up you in court and I had to pay a fine. So you, you, just things that you, it was a valuable lesson that I learned yeah. of what not to do when folks are not paying. Yeah. So that was a, sure. that was an unfortunate lesson. People lose homes over non-paying tenants. And it's just so sad because yeah. you can't afford the rent. Fine. Don't pay rent, but then have a plan to move on, have a plan to leave. After all, karma is karma. Yeah. Um, it will come back to you. A lot of people are doing it and taking so much advantage. Um, yeah. Have you seen, I saw in Canarsie one time, a banner someone ordered and wrote, um, yeah. my tenants are not paying. Um, you know, he put a banner about the people inside the building wow. and how they're not paying. He's about to lose his house. I sad saw that stories. on the highway. Yeah, I saw that on the highway. Wow. Very sad stories, but it is what it is. What can mm. we do? It's That's the way the world is sometimes, but if you see someone or know of someone who doesn't pay rent and you have the ability to make a change, yeah. you are doing a huge deed, something good for someone else who may lose their home and you yeah. could prevent that. That is something that you should have a voice for and should get involved. Um, it's very, very scary situations to those who have really high mortgages and then mm-hmm. they depend on those who are supposed to pay them rent. And, you know, that's why people have this, like, stereotype on that type of people who have vouchers. Oh, I don't want to rent to people who have vouchers. That's, by the way, part of the reasons that I don't like doing rentals. Yeah. People have this vision um, that people who have rental vouchers will not pay rent. Mm. 
I mean, sorry, not will not pay rent, will destroy their homes and leave because in their minds, they're coming from shelter. Right, so, and they're going to be home all day. Yeah, but ask <laughs> me, if I had a big building that I had to occupy, I would probably have only those, um, not only, but I wouldn't really reject any uh, anyone who has the vouchers. Number one, it's illegal, you know, by the landlords to do that. Um, but people don't really know what it's about. It's, this is money from the government that they're helping Guaranteed people. money. Yes, and it's not necessarily that people who have vouchers are not working people. Absolutely not. Yeah. This is for working people. They could have even 80% effect on the payment, um, out-of-pocket uh, paychecks, or um, 100% and still be a working person. Uh, in case he has specific amount of dependents, that's already specifics. But don't judge those who have vouchers. Just amazing people that I meet day to day. Um, I happen to see them. I just don't work with them because I happen to, again, not do rentals, but, but yeah. don't judge a book by its But also, when you have rental properties, another, another thing people need to realize, yeah. you have to budget for the worst. You yeah. cannot look at the income and start funding your car true, and buying true. luxury items and vacations. Yeah. And then you get that one tenant that you're not getting money from. And then you don't have money for an attorney to go yeah. to court and go. So you have to keep a budget and have money for different expenses on top of like mm -hmm. if you got to paint or plaster or fix a roof or, you know, if the boiler goes or any emergency, you should have a fund ready to go. Because guess what? If you your if these tenants have no water, you you're going to hear from HPD, and you're going yeah. to have it's going to be so expensive compared to just fixing the problem right away. Because you Very you can just take care. It becomes super expensive. Yeah. So yes, you can't just spend the surplus money and do what you want to do. You should have a a budget that specifically to to like I call it a war chest, but you're not going to war. You're just just anything that happens with the, it's your own insurance to take care of your property. Yeah. Some of those who may tell you, oh, take me to court. I'm not going to pay rent. Wise asses. Fine. Mm -hmm. Excuse my French. You're going to ruin their credit. You could do that. You can ruin their credit, ensure that they never, ever be accepted by anywhere else. Okay. And um, let them know that they're in risk of, you know, they're really opening themselves to that bad history on their name, wherever they go, um, they will not be able to apply for anything. So reporting to a credit bureau is yes. not an expensive move. Nope. Um, you should do that. Yes, there are agencies who remove that from the creditors, but they normally don't have the knowledge to go and clear their credit if they could care less about theirs. Um, what is that? What are they saying? But instead, that illegal? What is that? But instead, that illegal. Oh. Um, I'm not sure what they meant, but okay. So overall, it's just um, it's oh, that's illegal. not a that's not illegal. No, not illegal to report to the bureau. Yeah, that's not illegal. No, no, absolutely not. You show, you prove that you have a house that they're not paying rent. You give them notice. Not they don't pay. It's just as a, it's just the same. Right. It's just the same as. A creditor that uh, someone doesn't pay it goes to collection if you don't pay the collection it accrues charges and then eventually turns into a judgment 
And not only that, you got references, right? So when people want another apartment or live somewhere else, yeah. you that's why it's always important to get references as well because you could find out information on, on this tenant to make an de informed decision whether you're going to rent to them or not. So when people burn this bridge, it's yeah. also something that works against them. When yeah. they go to the next and they say, hey, how come you don't have a history of renting anywhere? That's a red flag. Yeah. It's, um, we have those programs that we run on people, you know, realtors. If you go for um, to rent somewhere and then they get you a client, they're able to run the background check where it shows whether they have any criminal record, housing, previous um, history, yeah. and their credit report. Yeah. Um, so going back to um, renters, those who, uh, who rent your property, if they are in good terms, I feel like we're only talking like the bad side of renting, yeah. but those who do well should have the choice and of course the ability um, to purchase your home. So if you rent to own, that's something well, that's that... we're going to be bearing the lead. We're going to get to that. That's yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like we we're got, only attacking we, the bad side. No, 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 no. We, you, we're going to get there. We're gonna <laughs> Don't get, get motivated to rent your yeah, house. Yeah, we're going to get to that. That's the topic of the show today, actually. We're going we're gonna to get to that shortly. Um, yeah. But so it's yeah, not it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not, but we don't want you to get involved in real estate and not hear everything. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not all, it's, it's, it's not perfect. It's, 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 it's a, it can be perfect if you yeah. work it as such, but it is work and it, you have to do your due diligence and protection is needed on both sides. We want to protect the renter and we want to protect the homeowner so that we can make informed choices on, on who we choose to rent to or where we choose to rent from. Yeah. Because there are some landlords that you don't want to rent. It's just, you yeah. know. You can also, the, what's good about our programs in New York City, um, it's public records. You can yeah. see if a landlord is not cooperative with its with his tenants uh his or her his or her tenants um they file uh complaints they have records of any violations yeah. that may have been placed on the property by those tenants so you could look it up and see yes. how the tenant i mean it's not only about the tenant side like you said sometimes the landlord is not cooperative yeah and you want to ensure that you're putting yourself in a good situation if you're moving uh with your family to ensure that you're in a good spot. And HPD has a lot of records on people when you, like I said, if you don't change that water, if you don't change the boiler and there's no heat or hot water and HPD gets involved, you will see that on the history of the building or the apartment. Yeah. So that's why, yes. It's, and it's, we run yeah. that even before every listing we get, we run the water. We could, I mean, you don't have to run water charges, but you see yeah. more or less the standing of the building. Just like you go and you purchase um, a condo or whatever your attorney yeah. wants to see the standing of the board. Same thing with the listing that we get. We, we need to check the violations. And yeah. So we run the water, the mm -hmm. DP, the, the, we could check the taxes, whatever. So can you. Um, the ECBs, the violations, environmental yes. control board. Um that has to do with garbage and like any type of um, miscellaneous type of 
waste that they're not removing something broken they're getting tickets and in order to sell that building they have to clear these fines and these violations so there is a positive and negative for both parties when it comes to real estate it's not all one-sided you need to hear the good and bad for sure yeah yes, you yeah yeah all right so listen we're gonna go on a short break and we'll be back and we'll get to our topic of the day Sure. Bye. Bye. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. Yeah. Hi everyone. Uh, okay. We normally hear the Yeah, I know. Classic. <laughs> What's the deal? With new buildings going up, but you still have lotteries to get into for rent. Rental lotteries with new buildings. Right. Okay, yes. good question. Yeah, well, welcome Let's back. Yeah, so yes, we're gonna get to um renting with the option to buy. But before we get to that, um, lotteries. Yeah. So you have new buildings. Um, how many people you think are in the city that live in New York? We have. We are one of the largest cities in the world. Yeah. So unfortunately, they do not have housing for everyone that's affordable. Right. And that's why you have a lottery. That's why you have a lottery, and you have to have a lot of paperwork for that as well. It's probably. How long do you think it's maybe it, it takes some time to win the lottery and be approved? Correct. Winning the lottery, like it named itself, lottery. It yeah. could happen very soon or it could take a couple of years. If you do win the lottery and then you are being placed in a you know in a low income housing or yeah. whatever it is, you still don't really get to choose. You are being placed and um they give you this one option where you could uh, take it and then, you know, that that's where you have to go. And not only that, um, these lottery buildings, they only have, let's just say, one or two floors. So maybe one or two floors might be a total of six to 12 apartments. It's not it's not the whole building. And some of these lotteries um, also like they have like I've been in one building where you had to go in a special entrance you know, to go to that apartment where, where the affordable housing is. So, and they're building more, but there's a lot of people in New York. So it's very competitive. Yeah. They give the options to existing landlords. I even yes. get phone calls. Do you ever get phone calls from the city of New York? If you know of any landlords yes. who are looking for um, tenants, again, working people, not working people, they're just looking for anyone to come and, cooperate and give the option for a renter to come and uh, rent it out. So not only they're looking for apartments, they're actually looking to purchase a full building. So answering your um, question, Mr. Uh, Brooklyn of the ground yeah. table. Yeah. So yeah, buildings are everywhere. They're going up, but why are they suddenly going up? They couldn't have gone up without the city changing the zoning. Yes. Right. So back in the day, 
um, an existing building may have an R2, R3, R4, R5 that all of a sudden went to R6, R7, R7A, B, whatever. It changes. It changes because it's overpopulating. Yes. New York is overpopulating and therefore they need more space. So they change the zone and therefore you can be um, building up and able to obtain more occupancy. So that's and, really, sorry, go ahead. No, and then not only that, but the government is funding these builders and that's why they have to have a certain amount of apartments because of the funding they're receiving from the city. So this is an agreement before the building is even created. Yeah. And so some of the funding goes into creating these projects, um, developing these projects mm -hmm. and creating affordable housing. But it's a partnership between the builder and the, or the developer, I should say, and the city. Yes. And right now I'm working on a project in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, um, creating a 42 unit building. So we're, I think we just closed on the land. So we're working on creating affordable housing um, yeah. out in Pennsylvania. It's a little more challenging here in, in New York City to create these projects, even though all these new buildings are going up. Yeah. Um, a lot of buildings are going up also not only in Brooklyn, I mean, also in different parts of New York. They want to ensure that if they do change those zonings, they change it equally um, to not form, you know, like let's say in Brooklyn. So it's like kind of moving down south as they go in Brooklyn. Um, same with Queens and other places. That also makes your value change. So people are aware, sellers, okay, sellers are aware that once their um, uh, zoning changes, they could ask for more because, hey, you can come up and build on, uh, on top of it and make money. So they, they ask for more. Your value goes up. So in my world, everyone owns a home. And um, through COVID, I had friends that own condos, but because of COVID and going on an elevator and being in these buildings, mm -hmm. it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. So a few of my friends did rent with the option to buy in houses in Long Island. And so did you know of anyone that did that during um, COVID? Like while we were in the mix, like, through, like I would say like the first summer, mm -hmm. that's when my friends moved to, from a condo to a house. Because and they you rent mean it with not the option to be to the near buy. other... Yes, because they didn't want to be on an elevator. They didn't want to be in a building. I feel like no just... one knew what they were doing. Everyone was afraid of everything. Yes, yes. I'm not even going to... You can't even blame anyone because that was something new to the world. Yes, And everyone yes. were trying... I remember there were videos on how, oh, you touch this and then you touch that. That goes from here to there. Everyone was just simply bugging out. And, and that's why my friends, they didn't feel comfortable buying a home because they weren't sure they were, yeah. if they were going to go back to the apartment or... Crazy. So, that's when everyone asked us as yes. realtors, oh, what do you think is going to happen yes. in COVID? Who like, would have known, like, like we would know. that this demand <laughs> was bugging out yes. over inventory and then all the inventories are just shirp? Flying right off the market, yes. You know, um, a lot of people sold their homes for peanuts right when it started. Yes. And if you couldn't sell your home, you were renting to people with yeah. the option to buy. Yes, for sure. And so that was a, a that was very popular at that time. However, do you think that works to the favor of the owner 
or to the favor of the renter? At the time of when exactly? Of COVID. That was COVID. But I mean, in general, renting, so, renting with the option to buy, who, who does that favor? So renting with the option to buy could favor both times. Why? Because if a renter, I'm going to start with the seller. Once the seller rents a property to someone, right? They give him the option to purchase. But if they didn't, and yeah. then it was time for them to sell, then who's dealing with the cash for keys, with the vacancy, with right. the re-renovating the home? The house never been used. You need to replace those appliances and maybe even change the kitchen or upgrade your bathroom. Yeah. If a lot of people are, people are living there, then the floors are being torn. And I'm not saying animals, but... It is what it is. You know, when you want to sell your home, you want to get the most, fix it up and get the, you the know, highest the most value you can. Yes. So on the seller side, sometimes it's worth it because they don't have to go through that, you know, vacancy, selling, interrupting the tenants. Let me see access, move. So I get that. However, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that if I give you the option to buy, I'm locked in with you for life. Right. Right. So on the renter side, it's good for them because it's comfortable. You already moved. I mean, who likes to move? Yes, people like change, but moving is a whole other thing. Yes, what they asked us. Uh, when you rent to buy, do you still need to do a closing? Absolutely. Everything is, if you're not closing, you're not owning. Yeah, absolutely. You want to ensure that you are covered. Um, even if you use the home, you still want to do that. Um, inspection and ensure that over time the roof didn't get torn. You want to get the roof reflashed or yes. basement leaking or termites or whatever it is. You definitely want, you have to have a whole, the whole thing. So finally the truth comes out from you. Thank you, Chris and Nina. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so cute you guys yeah, exactly. so much fun you yeah. know what it is also I like that some people are watching now and then a lot of people will watch later you know how we got yeah. 8,000, 2,000 whatever views I still get because um, you know it's not so hard to reach us yeah. so I still get questions and sometimes I wake up to a series of you know list of questions also, I love it so also, ask anything also too when you're dealing with um in home ownership, sometimes the homeowner can also create, um, what's it like, financing. So right. you can have someone be a renter, but then create financing for them that yes. leads towards home ownership. Right. And that's how you can go from a, to, to create affordable housing and transit. And then also it's a different process than your normal closing. Yes. Because the transfer is not the same as when you got to come and you're looking at houses and you're already in it, you're already right. living in it, and you're already paying the mortgage. It just transfers over to the renter. Yeah. And then being that um, you live there, let's say if it's a two family, and over time you occupy one place and the other place is rented and the rent goes into the, the rightful owner at the existing time before you purchase it yeah um you want to i mean you, that's gonna go into your pocket and that's gonna help you pay off your mortgage um if you live with family you can add them as co-borrowers um you have a lot of options and it's very uh it's comfortable you're already there so you might as well purchase it yeah or not 
Yeah. You can change your mind. If and you have the right to own, to, the right to purchase, the, the rent to own, and you decide not to go for that, you don't have to go for that. You're not obligated in anywhere or form to get it. But if you don't, if you as the seller yes. do not give the option to the renter to purchase it first, that's not a lovely um, position. And yes. you're going to end up um, being sued to have a situation like and that. that. And that's another thing. <clears throat> Everybody needs to read their contracts with an attorney. Don't just sign a contract and not read the contract mm -hmm. and then later on feel like you're getting screwed or yeah. you're getting if you even e-sign one. Yes, those. you have to go over this with an attorney because anything can happen. I read a story where a developer and this is what happens here too. Like let's say um you have a developer and they're running out of money. So they need to sell off the apartment as soon as possible. And that's another way where you catch a good deal. So you can get a house that's worth maybe $700,000 and they'll sell it to you for five, right, before it's finished. Yeah. So you get in early. Mm -hmm. However, some of these contracts, they can give you back your money and sell it to somebody else for $800,000. And mm -hmm. guess what? You don't have a home. And sometimes people don't. They, they get caught up in getting the deal, but they don't read the fine print. Everything you do in real estate, get an attorney. It, it may cost money up front, but it'll save you in the long run. Because if you don't get the property, that's okay. But if you are tying money in and you don't get no interest, no, you may get your money back, but you're not earning any interest. You're not, and it could be six months. It could be a year. It could yeah. be two years. And then you don't get the property because you didn't read the contract. And it says that they can give you your money back and go to a higher bidder. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're oh, giving. I have another question. Yes. Um, there are different attorneys. Which one is for real estate? Do you have one? Y'all know. Of course we know attorneys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could recommend. We're not laughing at the question, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But. It's Being just, entertained over here. Yeah, exactly. It's just we know attorneys, but also we want you to do your due diligence and not just shop around. Yeah, different languages. We can recommend, yes, but always go to someone that specializes in real estate. If they're doing a bunch of things and then, you know, if they're doing civil litigation oh, and right. doing, they may not have the time to give to you and read these contracts and understand these contracts and and give you the best yeah. advice. Those who don't do uh, real estate specifically are not all of them, but most of them are deal killers. Yes. Because not only they don't have time, but sometimes they just hold the deal up mm -hmm. for little, I'm not going to say stupid little things, but for items that are not necessarily need so much time to think. And sometimes they just turn the mind of the client to, you know, to an approach. It's not supposed to be there. So you really want someone that specifically handles real estate, real estate. transactions, all kinds, no problem. But and real understand estate, and your best interest. And if you know upfront what you're getting into, that's half the battle. You know, if you're willing, there's nothing wrong with, hey, if they give you your money back or if you know that up front and you agree to it, then that's good. 
But if you do not know and you get blindsided, it's very frustrating thinking you have a home that you're never going to have. You know, and then on top of that, attorneys can change the language to to suit your interests better so that they can't do that to you so that they can create a penalty so that now when you get your money back, but they give you an extra 100 grand or 50 grand, whatever it is for breaking the contract. Yeah. Another question. Can we contact you guys when we're ready to buy? Yes. Yeah, we're here. Yes. Um you could contact uh, my number is 516-506-3284. Also, um, that was the Fiber Realty number is. Yeah, you could uh, Google also and find this, if, you know, if you need to take it down. We will actually put it in our bio. We should put it in our bio, like right by your comments or, you know, um, or simply by Instagram. You can find this in our information. Um Overall, it's the uh, 855. You can also call us at this number during the time of the podcast in case you're watching live. But if you're watching later, um, I'm not sure where that number goes, but um, 855, <laughs> it's easy, 855-305-DEAL. Yeah. That. Yes. Uh, Fiber Realty. Fiber Realty. Yeah. Fiber Realty. One eight five five. 805 deal. 805 um, deal. Yeah, looking to purchase is a fun time for everyone. Everyone should enjoy it. It shouldn't be uh, an exhausting period. You know, a lot of people are um, using realtors that they were really disappointed from. It shouldn't be that way. It's not the way to go. That's not what we want to do. So the biggest key in real estate is communication Yeah. for everyone. For attorneys, for realtors, whether you're buying or selling, communication, and that's the bottom line. And at the end of the day, the client, it's all about the, for me, it's all about the client. Yeah. And however I can assist you in any way possible. Yeah. I'm not here to hinder you at all. But <clears throat> sometimes it may feel that way if somebody's trying to take advantage of you and I see that. some water. Yes, yes. <clears throat> yes, please. Um... For those who own mixed-use homes, not necessarily residential, right? Sometimes you have tenants on top, and then you have a business on the bottom. Yeah. There are many times where um, the business owners who rent downstairs live upstairs, right? And they rent both spots. That's something that is sometimes is worth for that renter to rent, or it may be more of a profitable thing to do and purchase yeah and then if you purchase what are you going to do it's not really a residential spot so we have ways to legally assess and ensure that your mortgage may be able to have a two-family mortgage on a mixed-use property wow so it's very easy to make a mistake when you try to list the property and then you list it as a mixed use because then what happens? It doesn't go in the MLS as a residential all the time. Sometimes it throws you off and makes you put it in different sites that are uh, commercial. And then a residential purchaser may miss you. So keep that in mind that if you do have a mixed use, you don't have to necessarily go for a commercial loan. Yeah. It's very expensive. It's not the same, not even close to being a residential loan. 
So that's something that people also don't know, and you may want to look into that. And I've seen people turn two families into four families where they have they have a large family, people yeah. living in the basement, people living in the attic, two apartments rented, and they had a two-car garage, and they turned the two-car garage into yeah. a an apartment with heat, hot water, kitchen. Yeah, yeah that was that was that was a mean house. I mean, look, people- that was a lot of space. Is it legal? No, no, but people do that. Um, no, but people they, do that and, yeah. and get tickets or don't. I mean, some of the people who do that are normally putting um, family members, friends, someone who they know well. I have a situation that I'm selling a home. She put her friends, uh, her son's friend downstairs, yeah. and now it's time to sell, and he doesn't want to give access. Not, now go evict him from a garage. <laughs> not, you cannot break a wall, or you have to have permits for everything you do because you have a blueprint for your house. So when you sell your home and it doesn't match your blueprint, you create issues. And so that's why you can't just, um, you could break a wall in certain areas, but you can't add a bathroom or create a room that doesn't yeah. exist if it on your on your title. Electric, yes, yeah. yes. If it evolves, yes, you can't just break. Also, when you yeah. put down a wall, yeah, you can put down a wall in your house. But you want to ensure that you're not um, that you're not uh, removing a um, uh, what do you call it um, a wall that is a supportive wall. Yes, a supportive, so, a supportive wall. Yes. Wall, right. So you want to ensure that you don't do it on your own. Always consult either an architect or a contractor. You right. can't do that. Uh, and then you know you have beams running across your home. You don't want to do anything stupid. Because when you purchase when you purchase a home, these banks they have mm-hmm. a blueprint on your house. Yes. And so when you go to sell or transfer the mortgage or do something, they do an inspection. Yes. And your home has to match the inspection they already have. Also if you create bathrooms and they're not legal, the city can fine you and you have to remove the bathroom. Yes. Um Good night. Good night to everyone. Hello, hello, hello. All right. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, so owning homes, there's things that you can do. There's things that you can do. It's just best to refer. That's why an attorney also is important so you can know what you can be fined for, what you are liable for. And so that's that's the importance of understanding the rights of your property. Right. Those of you who may think you can convert your garage into a livable space, um, you will end up selling that home and that buyer will have a what we call survey. So that yes. survey has all the measurements, the property lines, um, and that may be an issue. Even yes. a garage. Some people say, oh, the garage needs too much work. Let me just put it down. No. Worst thing you can do. Not something you do at all. So yes. that's something you want to think twice about. I just picked up a listing that they were removing the garage. That's wow. a problem. When we sell it, it's going to be an issue. Because it should be comes with a garage. Right. So you can do those alterations all you want. And specifically for the simple fact that you don't want to accrue the violations. You know? Yeah. So, really <clears throat> so yeah, we hope that um, we answered all your questions um, with yeah. regard to home ownership and renting with the option to buy. Um, we would love to hear from you if you have any questions that we did not answer, if there's a subject that we haven't talked about that you would like to hear. Um, we've had a lot of experiences in real estate. Like some of the stories that we can get into, it's just, 
when you deal with homeowners, it can be anyone. So it's just, <laughs> it's always a, a great experience when you go house to house and deal with different people. And you're going to homes and you're dealing with large families, small families. Yeah, it's always an interesting ride. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Listen, you, um, that's your experience. That's what you learn from. And knowledge is power. So you want to learn as much as you can. You know, the other day, the other day I was just thinking, um, it's really nice to continue um, to learn and to look into other deals that I don't all the time work on. I like to explore. I like to do you know, new things, but yes. of course, we're always so busy. I'm always trying to like, um, finish up what I have. Um, so yes, where's, where, where are the listings with the rent, with the options to buy? That's really up to the, it's really a matter of where you go. So even as a simple rent listing, you could, um, Is the MLS. Yeah, no, they're everywhere. Yeah. Wherever the listings are, that's where they would be. Not necessarily mentioning the fact that you may purchase it, but when you do go and meet up with that landlord and you see that the landlord doesn't live in the property where they really just monitor it from far. So you could ask, yeah, you could ask to add that provision in the contract in the lease. Um, Hey, you know, if you ever decide to sell, will you give me first um, first chance, okay. First right. First right refusal. of refusal. That's right. what it's called. So you could ask them to uh, to add it to your uh, contract, your lease. and then they're gonna have you as their first choice. And trust me when I tell you, if you're a good tenant, that seller will sell it to you first if you can afford it and have the ability to purchase it. So definitely, any type of listing could be a tentative purchase eventually. And you have the first right of refusal. Yeah. So no one else can get the apartment. I mean, the apartment, the uh, the house. Yeah. Until you decline. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just scrolling. We have a lot of comments. I don't know if I can see them all. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we have um, three minutes left. Feel free to ask any other questions. Other than that, we are always encouraging you guys to purchase. Renting is a great option where you don't know where you want to be. Permanently. Yes. Whenever I sell a home of a client, they tell me, oh, I have to buy something else. I'm really, do I want to do it? Absolutely. I make, you know, commission twice. But I always suggest to always rent in case, specifically if you're uh, leaving the town or the city. Like, let's say you're an athlete and you may be here for a few years and you Mm -hmm. may go to another team or it'll be better off that you rent so that you don't have to sell. And sometimes when you have to sell, and you need it fat to sell fast, normally you wouldn't get market value because of the timing. Yeah. So you may lose money in that in that instance if you have to travel. Or if you have a job where you're working in places for six months or a year and then you go to the next town or the next state or the next city, mm-hmm. then it's a great it's great for you to rent. Yeah. And then also college students and 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 young young folks that um they're not quite ready to own yet. So it's good for them to rent until they're when, when they're ready or when they start their family. Yes. So that's a great opportunity. Rent to own. That was our uh, podcast more or less 
about today. It was really nice being with you guys. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, hope we answered all your questions and moving forward, you know, looking also forward to hearing from you. So enjoy the rest of the night looking uh, for next week's podcast. If you have any suggestions, if you guys want us to speak about anything specific um, in the next show, you could just let us know. Um, thank you. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Chris tonight. God really bless nice. and good night. Thank you.